You're listening to The Nosebag, a podcast about all things Norwester, past, present, and future. In each episode, we snack on some history tidbits, share laughs with a guest, and see what other food for thought the Packout Crate has for us. I'm Andy Burhow. And I'm Allie Burhow. Let's dig in. All right, Allie, what is in today's nosebag? Well, I have about between six and eight trips in here. Can we use those? I think that would be a great topic. Out camp trips. Yeah. All right, let's dig in. I loved going on out camp trips myself. As a camper, um, I'm going to be a, you know, truth time. I I did not enjoy out camp trips as a camper. I do have some really great memories, but um, it took me until a couple of years ago <laughs> to really come around to the idea of trips. I thought it was very silly just to go out and then, like, pack up your stuff every single time you slept. Like, who does that? Well, I was never a camper. I came as a staff member in 1982, and I was an Islander counselor. And so I had, uh, I think at the first session, I didn't end up getting assigned a big trip because things were done differently mm-hmm. at that time. But I did come to really enjoy the trips. I didn't like packing and preparing for them. But once I got out there. Well, that's really hard to do. I really enjoyed it. So we probably should look a little bit at at the history because yeah. you know, camp always has evolves and changes mm-hmm. over time. I can say as, as a parent, when I talk with you and Jack, our son, Jack, um, your son, my brother. Exactly. Thank you. Um, it's like, Oh no, no, we don't do that anymore. Or we've changed that. <laughs> or we do, you know, so there's always things that you find new things that work and, and, and try. So we wanted to give you just a little bit of, of overview to, kind of the history of trips. And, and in the Henderson years, and I, I don't know in the early years on Westcott Bay uh, what they, how they kind of organized trips, but I do know that when they were on the property on Lopez Island, Sperry Peninsula, um, that the big trip, as we kind of know it, didn't really exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in 2009, uh, I interviewed Lyle Summers, um, very, very dear friend of camp and, and just has such a great long history. I don't think anybody, mm-hmm. you can't say Lyle Summers without pretty much anyone who knows camp knows yeah. Lyle. Um, and Sadly, we lo- uh, lost Lyle a few years ago. But in interviewing him and talking about working for the Hendersons, we got on the topic a little bit about out camp trips and long mm-hmm. trips. And mm-hmm. this is what he had to say. The Islanders had three days on Shaw. They um, got to the Shaw Ferry Landing and hiked you know, two or three miles to Indian Cove, which was a county park, which has an absolutely fantastic beach. The Mountaineers were split into two groups, half of whom went sailing in two lightnings, the other half of whom spent you know, the four days hiking around the Mount Constitution area, you know, stayed at Cascade Lake and hiked to the top of the mountain. And a couple of the other units, the Indians, as I remember, had a canoe trip to Spencer's Spit. And a couple of this other units would have rowed across the bay to this old man Wilson's, but that would have been more or less just a generic overnight. 
you know, rather than an extended trip. So in 1968, when Camp Norwester started with Jack and Jan Helsel, mm-hmm. uh, they definitely expanded the out-camp trip experience. And they, they were sailors, but they were also uh, mountaineers that they oh, had climbed most of the peaks around the Northwest and really wanted to get ca- campers out into the North Cascades. Mm-hmm. And so they definitely expanded that trip. And, and one of the things that, that they did, and I don't remember exactly what year they started it, but the trips were mixed. So rather mm-hmm. than just mm-hmm. an entire unit, like you would go out on an overnight, yeah, it was a mix of girls and guys, which had not been done before and was based on interest so you would sign up for the trip that you wanted to do and uh, or were able to do rather than just going with your unit interesting what most of the time what trips were offered well so I started work in 1982 and at that time that was the second year that the formals were directing so I'm guessing that the trips were fairly uh, similar to what the Helsels had there were six options. Um, they had the Lightnings, which Lyle mentioned as going on, on trips. So you go out and sail on the Lightnings. They had a 48-foot racing sloop called the Courageous that would take a smaller crew and go out and sail. Interesting. There was bicycles, three-speed Schwinn's oh initially. My. And oh, no. It was, it was a challenge. I wouldn't want to bike up Mount Constitution on that bike. <laughs> I wouldn't either. Um, there was the Haida Canoe, mm-hmm. which had been carved in the summer of 1968 by Bill Holm, mm. and that was taken out and uh, as a big trip. And then there were two hiking trips. One would be climbing Mount Baker, mm-hmm. usually Mount Baker, and then another was just on some trails somewhere in the North Cascades. They call that the Alpine Hike. Cool. When I first started working there, there weren't little big trips. Actually, mm. the three oldest girls units and the two oldest boys units went on big trips. And it mm. was over two weeks. So there was like these kind of staggered sk- schedule. Oh, and, interesting. And so you didn't see your unit for like two whole weeks or all of them? All of them, yeah. So I was an Islander counselor. So I was the second oldest boys unit. And... Yeah, we weren't together. And you didn't see your co-counselor either? They were on a different trip? He you? was on one trip and then would, was yeah, back. But, but you didn't yeah. see each other. For well, I, didn't, I actually didn't go on a big trip the first. Oh, I uh, see. The first time I said it was kind of different. Interesting scheduling, yeah. yeah. And then I think that summer uh, the counselor of the Indian unit, which is now called the Forester unit, mm-hmm. was being... 13-year-old boys. 13-year-old boys. We're kind of like, hey, (laughs) this doesn't seem fair. (laughs) And they lobbied to get kind of a short trip for them that was special. Okay. And uh, lo and behold, the very next summer, 1983, they actually changed to the four oldest units going on big trips all in the same week. And then the following week, the Voyagers and the Foresters, Foresters yeah. doing what they called a mini big trip. And it was mini because it was instead of four nights, it was three nights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
it has pretty much been like that ever since. Yeah. And of course, you have this big transition when Camp left Sperry Peninsula mm-hmm. and moved to John's. And obviously, the big trips were continued. And that's where we kind of set up our special guest. Who are we going to talk to today? Our guest is someone who I love very much. Um, Harper McFadden, who is a wonderful trip leader and um, camp person. Right. Welcome, Harper. Thank you. What uh, What are you up to right now? Um, I'm in... Vermont right now. I'm finishing up. I work for a school and I'm just, we're just finishing up the school year right now doing some online distance teaching. Um, but it's finally starting to feel like summer here, which is really exciting. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations on being done with the school year. <laughs> it's um, very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about what brought you to camp and your kind of personal connection to Camp Norwester? So I first came to camp as a camper my first archer summer, Um, and then I was sent to camp even though I grew up here in Vermont because my mom, uh, Tracy Noble at the time, went to camp and worked at camp for many years, and she went to camp because actually my grandfather, Jack Helmsel, one of the old directors, went to Four Winds summer camp together and became lifelong friends. So when Jack became director, um, my mom went to camp, and then once my sister and I were both old enough, we got put on a plane and flew across the country to go to Norwester, and we went for several years as campers, and then I took a number of years off between being a camper, and in 2016, in deciding what I wanted to do with my summer, um, actually largely because my sister already worked there. I decided to come back to camp and work, and I'm so glad that I did because I have come back every summer since then, and many of my closest friends and uh, best memories in the past few years are from camp. Yeah, Yeah. so, of course, I I worked with your mom uh, Mm -hmm. at camp and remember when you and your sister were born, and I know that your name is... Your given name was Hannah, and I understand there's kind of a camp-related story to uh, the name change. Yeah, so I I guess I was nine, and it was probably the spring before I left for camp, and I just really hated my name, Hannah. Um, I decided for some reason that I was not a Hannah. It's a super popular name um, for people my age, and I just was kind of hemming and hawing, this is not, you know, I'm not a Hannah, and my mom just kind of turned to me, and she's like, well, you're about to leave the camp, nobody knows you there, you can just pick a new name if you want, and she told me this story of Tex, who had also just kind of randomly picked a new name at camp, and that's what he went by at camp, and she encouraged me to like sit down and pick out a name and I'm not really sure where Harper came from, but I decided that that's what I wanted to go by at camp. And it started as just a camp thing, but partly as camp kind of bled into all parts of my life, I ended up 
going by Harper basically all the time now because I like it a lot better and because camp people are now a part of my life outside of camp as well. Well, it's a very fitting name, in my opinion. I, I, I sh- like it a lot. <laughs> I, I should mention that, that Tex um, refers to Howard Hillstrom, who was a contemporary camper and staff with Lyle Summers, who we heard from earlier in the podcast. Um, and, yeah, the story goes, when he first came to camp, he walked off the bus and the counselor said, you got any nicknames? And he went, yeah, Tex. <laughs> and he's off and on gone by Tex or Howard ever yeah. since then. Yeah. Um, so what jobs have you had at camp? So my first summer at camp, I was on the waterfront, which the waterfront still holds a near and dear place in my heart. It was a really amazing summer, and I loved working on the waterfront. Um, but my second summer, I came back as the bike program manager, which was a position that camp was kind of bringing back to help strengthen our bike trip program. My third summer, I came back as the trip and overnight coordinator. And even though I didn't get to go out on trips, I was kind of immersed in them even more and really loved helping support the trip program as a whole. And then last summer, my fourth summer, uh, I unfortunately couldn't work for the entirety of the summer. I couldn't work during second session. So I came back as a trip leader, trip support, kind of filling in what camp needed, did some skippering, did some relief staff, um, but mostly focused on supporting the trip program at camp. Like Allie, you were planning on coming back this summer, right? I was, and I'm super bummed that this summer is not happening. Yeah, it's, like we said at the top of the show, it it is really something to get your head around to thinking about yeah. You know, having all these plans and having to kind of change gears a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I have been working with Jill throughout this year as well, working on revamping a little bit of our trip stuff and reframing some stuff and really thinking about how we can have the best trip programming this summer. And I was really excited to try some new things and. Uh, had put in quite a bit of work, uh, and so I'm really sad to not get to see that happen this summer. But I know it'll happen another summer, and we'll just have to wait a little bit. So going back to um, kind of big trips, we were wondering, Allie and mm-hmm. I were talking about wondering, just like how many big trips have you been on? Um, so as a camper, I only did a little big. I wasn't there for any of my big trip summers. But as a staff, um, I'm pretty sure I have led eight little big and big trips. Um, but I'm never quite sure of that math. I have it written down somewhere, but <laughs> I'm pretty darn sure it's eight. So what, what big trips have you led? Um, so this could help. My first summer, I did two sailing trips and a bike trip. My second summer, I led three biking trips. And then TOC summer, I didn't get to go out on any trips because I was back at camp uh, helping those trips. And then this past summer, I did a rock climbing trip, which was the first rock climbing big trip that we'd put out in the North Cascades. 
the rock climbing trip ended up being super successful for its first yeah, time it was, being a trip. Yeah, we definitely, uh, you know, figured some things out to keep in mind on future climbing trips while we're out there, but that's mm-hmm. always how it goes on the first time we try something. But that trip was just absolutely amazing. We backpacked in to this alpine lake up in the North Cascade, and it was just one of the most beautiful places I have ever been. And we got to climb a bunch of climbing routes that had, they were first ascents. Nobody had ever climbed them before. So the kids on our trip got to name them, which is a really cool experience. And just the whole area that we were in was totally breathtaking. And it was really awesome to see these kids get really into it and got getting to have these really unique experiences of climbing, mm-hmm. you know, way up in the mountains. So, what, what trips does camp offer right now? So just in the past couple summers, we've been expanding what big trips we offer so that we can keep our trips nice and small and have plenty of variety. So right now, the big trips that camp offers are sailing, kayaking, and our hunt canoes all within the San Juan Islands, paddling or sailing to different islands. There's a bike touring trip that bikes around the major San Juan Islands. There's backpacking, and we either backpack in the North Cascades or in the Olympic Mountains. There's rock climbing in the North Cascades, climbing Mount Baker, and doing a community service trip also, and that's within the San Juan Islands giving kids a chance to explore some of the islands they might not get to do otherwise and give back to this amazing community that we get to be a part of at camp. Mm-hmm. And wow. that, that was a new trip second session last year. Um, yeah, so that one we tried out for the first time last year. And although I wasn't there, um, I heard reports that it was a great success and the kids really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And the foundations that we uh, that camp volunteered with were really excited to have us back this year and we're coming with coming up with all sorts of cool projects for camp to be a part of. So, mm-hmm. so two new camp uh, big trips were, were tr- tested out last year, the rock climbing trip and the uh, service trip. Service trip? Yeah. And so, the service trip. And, and then the summer before that, we tried going to the Olympic Mountains for a backpacking trip. So that was new in 2017. No, 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the service trip was kind of especially cool because it, it's a trip that doesn't necessarily focus on um, physical ability. So um, some kids that might yeah. not be able to go on um, the more strenuous trips for mm-hmm. medical or, you know, whatever reason, um, they have another option besides some of the more low-key trips. Yeah. Um, it definitely, we want, there's certain goals that camp has for trips of, you know, it's a chance for kids to take more leadership and responsibility. It's a chance to get to know campers outside of their units and staff they may not interact with. And it's a chance to push themselves and challenge themselves in some way. And that doesn't need to be necessarily pushing themselves just physically. And so as we're thinking about what options to offer campers, um, we wanted to make sure that camp was offering like a, a variety of trips that would interest a number of campers and offer that opportunity up to 
campers, especially when they're doing trips for three years in a row, if they're mm-hmm. there for their all three like big trip summers. What do you think as a as a trip leader? What do you think makes for a successful big trip? Um, I mean, from the trip leader standpoint, it definitely like from their side of things, uh, a well organized and thought through trip uh, is definitely a very helpful thing. I can say that I've grown a lot as a trip leader from my first summer um, until leading trips last summer, and some of it just comes with having done it a couple times, but um having a trip that's not just thrown together and is a little bit more intentional from the entire group standpoint. I think that a lot of it comes down to the kind of the attitude and the outlook that the campers and staff have on the trip. Um, Sometimes trips are really hard and sometimes they're not, you know, what we call type one fun, fun in the moment. And, uh, having even just one person on a trip that's being really negative or that complaining about everything is going to affect the whole trip. And so a trip where everybody's working together and staying positive and really trying to bring out those positive experiences from trips. Um, Cause I mean, sometimes on trips it rains for half the trip and that can on the surface seem like a pretty negative, terrible thing that everything's going to be soggy and wet. But I'll say that one of the trips I led, we were in a probably the hardest rain I've ever experienced in the San Juan Islands. And it was one of the funniest, funnest, funnest, yep, funnest times mm-hmm. on the whole trip. Cause it was just, everybody kind of recognized that like, this is a ridiculous moment and was having fun with it and goofing around and, uh, making jokes about the fact that our tarp shelters were flooding and everything was getting soaking wet and um, what could have been a definitely a negative part of the trip turned out to be probably the best memory I have of the whole trip. I spent most of the big trips I did were usually Mount Baker or Alpine mm-hmm. trips. Um, and it's, you know, if it was, everything was perfect, there wasn't much to talk about. It was the yeah. trips that, that where things kind of went <laughs> went sideways a little bit that made for better stories. It might not have always been yeah. super awesome in the moment, but. My sailing trip that um, had one of the boats crash in the middle of the night, um, mm-hmm. that ended up being the Olympic skits, the story of Antares and <laughs> crashing on the shore in the middle <laughs> of the night. <laughs> yeah. So in your job as TOC or trip and overnight coordinator, thank you. There's a lot of acronyms. Um, what does that job entail? Um, it entails a lot of the unglamorous work behind those trips, being able to, you know, walk away from pack out and actually leave both the overnights and the um, big and little big trips. It's a lot of, looking at planning and logistics and assigning staff to different trips, assigning campers to different trips, uh, going over menus, looking at itineraries and deciding, you know, which trips need this much mooring fee and which trips um, need, you know, a van of this side and working with KP in the office to coordinate that kind of stuff. 
looking at overnights about who, what, like motorboats need to bring kids where, when, um, problems, you know, dealing with problems that come up when people maybe need to switch on trips or, you know, somebody can't go, one of the staff can't go out on trips. Um, you look after a lot of the gear, so there's kind of the group gear, the stoves and the tents and the um, backpacks and things like that that we have at camp um, to lend out to people. Um, there's a lot of paperwork, a lot of paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, during staff training, training all staff to get ready to lead overnight and then working with the staff that are getting trained to be trip staff and doing trainings with them and getting them prepared um, to lead trips and also kind of comfortable with their no Wester system of doing things and the paperwork that they need to fill out. And again, more paperwork. <laughs> Do the campers already know what trip they're going to go on before they get there? No. So We've switched in the last couple of years to have campers put their preferences before they get to camp, um, but it isn't until they actually arrive at camp that we assign them to the trip. And it's often like kind of a big moment of excitement when we post the list on the board and they all rush over to see which trips that they're on. <laughs> My favorite thing to do is post it like during a time when nobody's in the lodge and then stand in a far corner and wait until somebody, some <laughs> random kid walks by and happens to look at the bulletin board. Because it's mostly staff information on that bulletin yeah. board. But I can't, there'll always be like one camper that'll stop and look at it and not say anything and keep moving. And then it's usually the second person that notices it that like calls everybody else over. Well, I know you guys on, on John's, this is kind of what you've known, but it has gotten like coordinating trips and permissions and mm-hmm. all of that has become much more complicated than mm-hmm. it used mm-hmm. to be, you know, because there used yeah. to not be a trip and overnight coordinator yeah. because I think part being on John's Island, you know, a non-ferry served Island that adds a whole layer of things, but also just the logistics permissions to ACA using guidelines, using trails or mm-hmm. getting into parks mm-hmm. or moorings or things that, yeah. that, we didn't always have to deal with. And so there's just a lot more to it. Um, the we, departure morning of big trips is always, uh, at, for me as trip and overnight coordinator is one of the most like stressful, but also relieving moments. One of my favorite moments is watching the last trip leave the shore of John because packing day when the trips are all getting packed, there's lots of logistics. And then the morning of we have, trips that need to leave on barges and wake up really early so they can load their bike onto the barge to go to Roach Harbor and get their van and drive across in time to get in line, to get the ferry to Anacortes. And there's other trips that need to push their kayaks off on the beach to make sure the tides are right. Because with John's pass, our tides, if they're going to the pass, the tides really matter. And it's always that last test of like, did we have all of, you know, everything packed ahead of time. Did we have all the logistics figured out? And watching them all leave is stressful. But then once they're gone, you can like sigh a big, a big sigh of relief. Yeah. And usually go take a nap, right? You're up at Hopefully. the crack of dawn. But then sending some out days trips. Also, 
<laughs> yes, it's a very early morning. Some days, though, the, the trips leave, you take a deep breath, and then you have to get the overnights ready to leave that same day. Oh, man. Um, just because we have so much packed into our summer schedule. Uh, but, you know, it's a job that I love, and it may not be a super glamorous job. I don't get to go out on the trips and things like that. Um, but for me, it's super rewarding to see um, these staff and campers coming back, having had really positive um growth experiences out on these trips so maybe you kind of answered my question is okay so it's a lot of work is it worth it <laughs> what's what's the value of having these these longer trips you know for yeah for camp and for the campers so i personally think it's definitely worth it i think that these trips i mentioned a little bit before are a chance for a much smaller group um you know our trips are usually 12 kids or less um, and three, usually three staff to get to really know each other and work in a group and get to experience things off of John's Island that they might never get to experience. They get to learn new skills, whether that's cooking over a fire, cooking over a stove, how to pack a pack correctly. Um, and some of it might seem like it's not skills they're going to use in the rest of their life, but the number of kids that I've seen, like, learn how to cut an onion on a trip or learn how to, like, season a dish that they're cooking. And then also the skills of they really have to work together. You're in this tight unit, this tight group of people. And you're when you're hiking, you're hiking at the pace of the slowest person. And you're all working together to make sure you're getting from point A to point B. And those kind of skills of teamwork and um, communication and then also offering campers opportunity and ways for them to step into leadership roles uh, I think is a really amazing experience and something that camp does during its uh, at camp programming also but is something that's even stronger I think in these longer trips and the campers a lot of them that go on the trips have been going on overnights for years and so they get to use some of those skills that they've been working on in their overnights whether it's building fires or tarp building um, as they've gotten older to kind of culminate in these bigger experiences if i had not been assigned to go on the mount baker trip mm -hmm. i would never have done as much climbing as i ultimately did for you know a good number of years i, I did a lot of climbing and it was, I don't think I ever would have gone. I mean, I didn't mind hiking and doing that kind of thing, but, you know, actually climbing a mountain. Um, yeah. Had I not been, had the program director not basically assigned me to doing that, I was the <laughs> janitor driver yeah. at the time. But, uh, and what an amazing trip. I still think back, it's probably one of my favorite yeah. trips I ever did. And, I mean, a lot of these experiences that this is, the you know, the one opportunity that campers and staff have to go on trips like this like Mount Baker is really really special that Norwester gets to do um, because of the permitting on Mount Baker now uh, you can't really get the type of permit that we need as a camp to climb Mount Baker but because Norwester has been climbing Baker for so long we were like grandfathered in to the new permitting regulations and so our permit is really special and unique to Norwester um, on Baker. I didn't know that. Nor did I. That's pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, Harper, how has camp and camp trips 
influenced what you're doing um, as a career right now? So I work in outdoor education year round now, um, and that's kind of been a shift since my first summer working at camp in 2016. I had an amazing summer on the waterfront, despite my older sister being my direct boss, <laughs> um, and loved leading trips. And I left camp on such a high and having felt so rewarded in doing that kind of work. And I went back to college where I was studying something completely different. And I was like, I don't love what I'm doing right now. And I was like, what do I love? And the first thing and the thing that kept coming back was I loved leading trips at camp and getting to have those experiences and being able to share my love of the outdoors with other people. So I kind of did a shift and has been pursuing doing leading trips and working in outdoor education. Um, since then, I've done a bunch of trainings and I'm a wilderness EMT. I've now worked doing outdoor education and trip leading um, in New Mexico, in China and Hong Kong. I went abroad and did some outdoor education. And it's a field that I can totally contribute my experience at camp to how I ended up finding what I love to do. I have a trivia question for you. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Uh -huh. So as you know, camp is closed this summer and camp yeah. has a, this, this is, was going to be the 85th summer. So mm -hmm. in that 85 year history, how many times has camp not been open? One year, three years, five years, or seven years? Is that including this summer or just that five? includes this summer? Five? Ding, ding, ding. You are correct. <laughs> Allie is going to have some rapid fire questions and you need to give us okay. the quickest. First thing that comes to your head. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You ready? Yep. Okay. What is your favorite unit to live in? Rangers. What is your favorite overnight site? A rock shop. Nope, that's not true, but that's the first thing you can mind. Okay, favorite camp meal? I like the, I mean, does the salmon bake count? Yeah. Yeah, salmon bake. Um, what is the first camp song that comes to mind? Pinewood Hills. Ravens or bears? Uh, bears. What is your favorite spot to read or write? Um, what's the beach behind the Vagabond unit and, like, between the Vagabond and Mar Mariner unit? I think it's... Heidi Canuco. Yes. There we go. What is your favorite time of day at camp? Ooh, I like golden hour. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, Allie, I have a question for you. If yeah. you and Andy, if you could go on any trip, what trip would you go on at camp of the big trip? Ooh. I always regretted not signing up for Baker, and I think, I think if I... Um, were to have gone my second Truby year, I would have signed up for it. Um, mm. But I would love to do the rock climbing trip also. Now that it's that's an option. Yeah. I, I would say, I would say Mount Baker, because even when I was the filmmaker, that was the trip that I would usually always do second session. 
uh, yeah, and and go. And it was a nice, a lot of really strenuous hard work. And then a couple of days that were pretty easy. It was a nice combination, um, mm-hmm. and a real sense of achievement um, because you never look at a mountain the same way again once you've stood yeah. on top of it. So, I would say Mount Baker was my my favorite trip to nice. trip to go on. So Harper, thank you so much for joining yeah. us. It's been so much fun. Yeah, thank you thank so you much for having me. Yeah, I love talking about camp, and I love talking about trips. (laughs) I do it all the time. Well, Allie, I think that just about wraps up this podcast. Yeah, super fun to do, and the time went really fast. It did, and I really want to thank Harper McFadden for joining us. Yes, thank you, Harper. Um, It was really awesome to talk to you about all of the really cool components of Out Camp Trip Program. So... Join us next time, and we'll dive into another topic of something about camp and learn a little history, play a little game, and and talk to somebody new. Absolutely. We'll see you next time. See ya.